Hi, my name is Jim. This is Jim Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. Joined by Willem Petzer on the other side of the screen. How's it, Willem? Hello, Jim. How are you? I'm all the better for speaking to you, but I'm also pretty sad. Um, I really hate what's happening to the farmers. Yeah, it's it's terrible. Um, but I'm happy we we actually stood up and uh, showed everyone that we are willing to take a stand against this and uh, do what it takes to 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 uh, stop it. Do you think it will ever stop? Only if we if we can stop it. It's not the police that's going to stop it. Beggy Taylor himself said, you know, uh, farmers have it coming to them and they mustn't be, uh, you know, surprised when they get hurt. And he said that farm murders will never be seen as priority crime and so on. So we know that the police has zero intention from the top down. I know there are a lot of guys in the bottom who wants to fight this. Uh, mm. Some people that I've personally been speaking to really wants to fight this. But from the top down, there's no political will inside the police to do this. There's no political will <laughs> inside the ANC to do this. So, uh, as I said, only if we stop it. A lot of people um, in the media actually throw the stat at us all the time that farm murders have gone down, which is true. Farm murders have gone down, but at the same time, farm attacks have sharply increased. So what this means is that the amount of successful farm attacks went mm. down, but the farm attacks went up at the same time. And this is actually a very good sign because this means that we are stopping most farm attacks mm -hmm. from turning into torture, turning into rape, turning into murder. And um, if we can stop every single one of them, the farm attacks won't stop, but the farm murders will stop because then we will be able to stop them all. And the only way we're going to do that is by collectively organizing uh, and standing together as communities all over the country and just um, prevent any of this from happening and i think this is possible yeah listen i want to say thanks thanks to you uh for doing sterling work um i think we need more people like you uh and before we get into a a, a juicy conversation um i just need to ask you a very important question Willem. do you drink instant coffee or do you drink real coffee mm, well depends on what's what there is to drink i don't really care Oh come on, come on! I'm a snob. Yeah, I'm just, join I'm just me, join me, play. join me in the I'm snobbery. Not, I'm, I'm not going to play along with your advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not promoting any coffee. I'm just saying I prefer ground beans. <laughs> okay. No, okay. No, no, I thought you were going to advertise something. No, it's it's fine. I, but I was I was actually being truthful. I I don't really. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'm. Yeah. Okay, well, okay, I can see you're tired and, and serious. <laughs> and you do look tired, and I'm sure you have good reason to. Don't you want to talk me through what happened yesterday? Uh, I I absolutely detest the fake news that's happening right now on News24 and other mainstream outlets. Yeah, and to a certain extent, Roman Kaepernick and Ronaldo Ghosh as well, because I see both of them really got their facts completely wrong on what happened. So that's a bit of a problem. That they didn't do their, their research properly. But in any case, so what happened was um, uh, people got there in the morning and then uh, everyone was standing in front of the court. 
And then, then the police came there and they just asked us to move to the back because we can't be at the front of the court. So everyone moved to the back of the court. There's like a very big open field, sorry, behind the court. Um, <clears throat> I know Roman said about a thousand people pitched up. I think it was about 10 times as many. Like I was in a school that was a thousand boys and uh, I know how much exactly it looks like when a thousand people are sitting together and mm. that was way more than that okay so, so definitely um, over a thousand people is what you're saying no no i'm saying it's, it should be should have been at least ten thousand. okay in the end farmers so, um, or town included no just like people from everywhere farmers uh, people from pretoria Cape yeah. town natal everywhere okay like they were they were number plates from all over the country so then everyone sat behind the courts and then there was a bunch of uh speeches there was a, a, a pastor speaking and praying and there was quite a lot of praying being done and then after everyone was done speaking um yeah let me just put it there uh, so it was afri forum and sai and free state agriculture and agri essay and some other organizations that spoke also the da but uh, when the DA spoke, they actually got Brendan Orner's name wrong. They said they are here for Quentin Orner, yeah. which is a, a little bit disrespectful. If little you send bit. your representative. Little yeah, bit. It's, it's completely disrespectful, Willem. Yeah, if you if you send your representative to go mm. fetch votes at the protest like this, but you can't even get the name right of the the person who um, who were murdered in such a gruesome way. And needless to say, um, the people got really angry and they started booing the guy from the DA and then later Good. they physically removed him from, from the stage, the stage which was basically a, a bucky with some speakers on it and a microphone. Mm. Um, there were quite a few guys who, who wanted to fight the guy from the DA, but luckily there were enough guys that stopped them. Um, but Did they get his name wrong too, I hope? Uh, whose name now? The DA. The guy. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's let's just let's just right. call him Paul. Let's also get his name wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's not the same as getting the the victim wrong of the crime that you are at a protest for. That's just very very disrespectful to mm. the family. But in any case, so um, then that happened. Uh, then when the speeches were done, the organisers. All the guys that were just there said, "Okay, now we can we can go." Um, all the event, all the uh, proceedings have taken place. So then, most people went uh, away, and some people walked to the front of the court, and then some people walked into the courtyard. Um, and there was no problem; they just walked past the police guys there. They they didn't seem to really have a problem with it that people were walking into the courtyard. And then, as I as I said on Ronaldo's show, um, about eight guys, I think it's on the video, then said they wanted to go into the courtyard. They wanted to see what's happening there. Um, these guys were all unarmed, um, so they just walked into the courtyard. While the most people were standing outside, I, I would say at this point there were was about five hundred to a thousand people still at the protest. And um, when these unarmed guys walked into the courtyard, that's when trouble started brewing outside because that's when the pops showed up, the public order policing, um, with the Nyalas. And they, um, can you can you show us some videos of a Facebook? Then I can, um, I can actually. <coughs> oh, all right, I can. I can. That. I wasn't expecting to. Let me just quickly open um, 
Facebook then, and I go to your but page. Any case, eh? so, yeah, yeah, go to uh, my page. So okay, what, just what keep talking then, while I look for it. Perfect. So what happened then was while the guys were inside, the pop started causing trouble outside. For instance, I'm going to show you a video now from my Facebook um, where the, the Nyala of the pops just reversed into a crowd of people. Mm. And then they open the hatch on the top. They throw a stun grenade or a flashbang out, out of the out of the nyala, and then they just chase off like cowards. Um, it's going to be quite interesting to see. It was it was, but it was terrible. I was in that crowd. I was actually giving an interview to Radio Ruestad mm. while all of this was happening. Um, so I was I was standing there giving an interview to this this guy, this reporter from the radio station, and I just watched. The guys coming in there and throwing flashbangs at a, yeah. a crowd of many uh, people, including women and children. So I'm on your page now. What video do you want yeah, me to? Yeah. So um, did you find it? Can you do it? Yeah. Well, I, I can certainly play the video, but which one is it All now? Right, let me uh, just find it. It's the. It's the it's the one that says. Um, let me just find it. It's the one that says Kiri Fuerbeeld. Yes. Okay. Uh, I've got it. Let me. I've got it. Let me just quickly switch my screen view yeah. here so people can see. If I do that, one second. And. Uh, okay, so the video is a little bit sticky, but it's, it appears um, was it was a peaceful crowd and a stun grenade got thrown at them. Yeah, that was... So, so Roman Kabanek, for instance, said this was happening at the end of everything. The police started throwing stun grenades. That's completely untrue. That's, that's completely untrue. What actually happened was that this particular video that we just looked at where the police throw the stun grenades happened before any of the chaos started before mm. any of it started so um that was when the unarmed guys wasn't caught these police guys were coming out there and throwing stun grenades at random people walking in the street yeah as you can see the guys walking there did absolutely nothing wrong there was a bunch of women there a bunch of children there because it's a it's a peaceful farmer this protest. People yes. always take their children with um women take their babies in strollers with all of that. And the police decided this was a good idea to throw mm. flashbangs at this crowd. This is why I think maybe the flashbangs that were thrown outside was what set the people inside the courts off because then the police guys that were in court fired um gunshots with live live ammunition at the farmers who who came into the court. Um I don't have that video on my Facebook, but I know Ronaldo and, and Roman used that video both. Yeah, see, it's a crowd of about it's a crowd of about eight people going into the court, and the next thing you know, they are being they they are being fired at, and the one guy just shouts, "Somebody shoot back! Somebody shoot back!" But obviously, nobody shot back because there was none what? inside the court that were armed because all the guys that went in were unarmed. Yes. So why why did this happen? I mean. What was causing this kind of uh, this kind of antagonism? I don't know. I think the the police guys were very, very, very on edge all the time because I think they 
you can't deny the racial elements in all of this. And if you see a bunch of thousands of farmers walking past you, almost all of them are heavily armed, and you know that they are protesting people of your kind, if you get what I'm saying. It's it's just it's just natural that it, it becomes in, in their minds a black versus white thing. It's just natural that they, they see themselves as part of the group of the murderers and not part of the group of the protesters. Mm. And I mm. think they were very, very afraid from the start, even though nobody did anything. So I think when trouble started, they completely panicked. They acted in a very, very unprofessional manner and just started firing shots at random people. And this is where, where all the trouble started. Because when the guys inside the court started firing shots uh, um, at the uh, farmers that were in there, the guys that were outside, or the farmers that were outside that were armed said, okay, now we need to go help our people inside the court. So they they actually broke through and broke through into the court uh, with their firearms because yeah. they, they wanted to go help. Because, I mean, the police were shooting at unarmed, unarmed people inside a corridor. Um, what do you hang on stop there what do you mean shooting at literally shooting at or shooting into the ceiling no no they they didn't shoot into the ceiling they shot into the wall um next to or behind the the unarmed farmers so they were literally shooting over the shoulders of these Jeez. guys why would they be doing that yeah to intimidate as i said I, I think they just panicked i think they just absolutely panicked they had no idea what to do and some idiot just started firing his, his pistol and so then what happened did 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 they did those particular officers get attacked no no none of the officers got attacked none of them the the, the situation people were calming down each other on the farmer's side all the time so everyone showed restraint and none of the police officers were attacked hang on a so second what happened after these shots were fired mm. um yeah okay what did you want to ask no 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 be sorry i'm i'm gonna stop you every, every so often because i you know this there's, there's a lot going on um you said that the farmers inside the court were uh, unarmed. Yeah. How? Because this, where did they put their guns? Are you saying oh, that they... It was, it were people who didn't bring guns along. Who okay, said, okay, right. We are unarmed in any case. Because, you know, you, you're not allowed to enter court with firearms. Okay, right. Got you. Carry on. So, the, yeah, the ones that went in were just ones that didn't have firearms. But in any case, so um, where was I? Oh, yeah. So so when the shots started being fired inside the court, that's when the, the police on the outside, there were not many. There were two Nyalas full and then there was one police call. But these guys absolutely lost their minds. So they started throwing tear gas and flashbangs and they started ramming into crowds and so on. Um, maybe you want to you want to watch some videos of that happening let me um, let me not play videos because i haven't set up my stream for that and i see that oh, okay, it was no a bit problem. sticky and people were moaning about the sound and stuff so maybe just talk us through and i'll put those links under the under the description i mean all under right, the video perfect. okay you can just put my facebook page on yeah. i think all of them are on there okay cool. so what happened then um was the police were literally ramming into the crowd of people i actually have a witness testimony next to a video on my Facebook page where mm. a witness uh, talked about this Nyala ramming into the crowd and he had to actually tackle a woman and her ch two children out of the way because they uh, were in the in the way of the Nyala. Yeah. And they would have been... I heard that voice, night. been rammed to death, yes. So um, this when this started happening, the guys the guys who were outside said, okay, we, we need to we need to defuse the situation because mm. the police were going completely crazy. 
And um, that's when the guys actually just scrummed the Nyala out of the courtyard. Um, they were, uh, well, this, this, this was, they scrummed the Nyala out of the courtyard when it was the first time the Nyala was there. Um, but the, 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 the event where the Nyala came back was when, when the guy had to tackle the children out of the way. So they scrummed it out of the courtyard. And then it's, um, the guys in the Nyala fled and they came back. And when they came back, they were carried out of the courtyard again. That's the video that you can see on Roman's stream. And then the farmers with the, uh, with their tractors blocked off all of the roads so that the police can't get back. And when the mm. police was blocked out of the courtyard and everyone was preventing the police from coming in, everything calmed down and there was no violence. And all the people were just standing there by the courts and they were praying, basically, praying for uh, the family, for the victim, for mm. the uh, perpetrators and all of that. So, and then what um, happened? And then everyone just left. So the, the reason why they tipped that police car is the same because the police car was also driving in there like a maniac ramming into people. And they just wanted to prevent the guy from, from driving anymore. So they flipped his bucky over. Yeah. And of course they were aggro. <laughs> and I mean, look, I just want to yeah. say something, right? So on the one hand, mob justice is something that nobody condones. But in this particular instance, from what you're saying, they were, they were pissed off. The guy, the guy inside the the vehicle was causing potential harm, and and he was antagonizing. And the pharmacist decided we're going to stop him in his tracks and throw over his vehicle. Is that right? Yeah, that's that's what happened. Yeah, and that's the exact same thing that happened to the Nyala. You know, Nyala is a bit is a bit heavier because it's mm. Panzer. It's a, like thick armored vehicle, so it's not that easy to 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 flip over. But the guys pushed it out like the. It's quite funny that Nyala tried to push back against the farmers, um, but it just spun its wheels. Mm. And while it was spinning its wheels, the guys pushed the thing out of the courtyard. Well, I'm going to say something unpopular here, but I would have helped. I would have helped flip that vehicle onto its side. Then, if if everything is played out the way that you're saying, I would have absolutely mm. flipped that vehicle as well. And good on the yeah. farmers for taking a stand, because you know what? I'm not a farmer, obviously, but I'm pissed off also at this because everybody hates farmers villain mm. yeah it is so it is but it's it's quite significant if you if you see that it was members of the public removing the police and the moment that the police were removed all the crime stopped all the violence stopped it's it's significant because one would have thought that the that the police were the ones that were there to prevent violence but they were the ones instigating violence all the time escalating the situation and uh, basically the ones being the aggressor in all of this. It's quite, it's quite funny because um, Becky Taylor now said there's going to be a lot of arrests being made and uh, these people are so violent and we can't go on like this. They need to go to jail and stuff. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come out here and say I'm pretty sure there's going to be no arrests. Not a single mm. person is going to be arrested. And the reason why I'm saying this is because they're not going to find anyone who committed a crime on the side of the farmers. Let's Except just, maybe the guys that flipped the Baki over. but mm. uh, I mean, Well, they're the ones now who are going to get into trouble. But let's just contextualize yeah. all of this. All right. Let's, let's just go back to the beginning. A farmer or a potential farmer was brutally attacked, tortured, and hung by his neck. Mm. That's, yeah. that's the start of this. And not the start of everything, just this particular inc um, incident. Mm. Farmers are constantly attacked and brutally tortured. And yeah. at some point, 
something is going to break, Willem. Of course. The, the thing is, in this particular incident as well, there's suddenly a lot of theories running around that mm. the police were involved with the killing of Brendan Horner. And I think also the, the fact that the police knew that this was going around, that that also put them a lot more on edge because suddenly it, they, the guys are not just protesting farm murders, they're protesting police involvement in farm murders. Um, this is not yet confirmed whether the police was involved, but um, the way that people are acting and the way that the police acted, it, 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 they, they make it seem like this, this uh, rumor is true. Um, with these particular individuals, because you know what happened, Al, Al, do you know how the, the two um, suspects were arrested? No. So Brendan Horner was a, was one manager that worked for a big farmer that had a, a bunch of managers on his farm um, working under him because he was a big farmer. Mm. So when he was murdered, um, this farmer put out a reward of 50,000 rands to anyone who can come to him with evidence or with who said or anyone who can provide uh, information on the killers of Brendan. So the people who actually provided information allegedly talk, told him or told someone that it was police involvement and that it was these stock thieves working with the police. Mm. And then immediately after that, the, the guys who were not police were arrested in the, in the squatter camp. And, um, it looks, and it looks really very much like these guys were just made to be the fall guy because there were five attackers and just two guys were arrested. So who are the other three attackers and why mm. did they so swiftly arrest these two while the other three are still at large? So all these questions are being asked while the guys from the squatter camp that came with information who, I, who correctly identified two of the five. Um, while these guys said that there was police involvement. So that's the, that's the thing that made people wonder. And that's where this, this, this uh, theory comes from. And as I said, it's, it's, it's all alleged and um, mm. there's, no, there's no evidence yet to back any of this up. But I think if, and the police knows this, if uh, it's going to come out that there were police involvement in this brutal, brutal slaughter of Brendan Horner, then you're going to see a lot worse things happening than that happened yeah. at the protest yesterday. Because then people are going to be furious. All right, Willem, let me play devil's advocate. This is your biased account. How do we yeah. know what you're saying is true? Well, you can look at the videos. For instance, News24 said that... Um, it was the farmers firing shots at the police. But if you look at the video, you'll see that, that there are literally farmers walking in and then the gunshots are being fired and all of them look look uh, in all directions in confusion. And one guy just said, shoot back or skitrach, shoot back, which, it it, which clearly makes it obvious that it was not coming from the farmers because, I mean, someone's not going to think that fast. Uh, you, you're not gonna. You're not gonna have a guy next to you firing shots, which, by the way, can, you can see in the video wasn't happening. And then you think so fast that you're gonna blame it on the police that you're going to fake it by saying shoot back. That's that, that's just not gonna happen in a matter of seconds. Um, that process. So so you can very clearly see from that video that it was the police firing the shots. 
firing the first shots. I, you can see from the video that we watched that uh, went a bit, that the guys didn't really see much. Any case, so um, if you go look at that video after this fact on my on my Facebook account, yeah. you, you'll see how the farmers were just standing there in the street being peaceful. Yeah. And then the Nyala just reverses in there. Nobody knows what the Nyala was doing. It reverses into the crowd. People thought, okay, maybe he's going to load off some police officers. It's going to get out and do something. And then they open the hatch on the top and they throw out a flashbang. I mean, it's it's so obvious that they were the aggressors in the situation. You can see the video evidence of the guy ramming into the palisade where he, where he went over the palisade, he rammed into the crowd, and he actually bumped into the wall as well. Um, like the the speed at which that Nyala went, I saw the Nyala afterwards, and I, I, and it had a massive dent in it in the front. Sure. Now we are talking about 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 Panzer steel. We are talking about an armored vehicle. So do you imagine? Do you know how how Fast you had to have mm. gone round into a wall to put a dent into an armored vehicle. That it should have been very, very fast. So so yeah. you saw that video of the guy ramming into the crowd of people. Yes, I saw there that. Are yeah. eyewitnesses that. There were eyewitnesses testifying that they had to tackle people out of the way because this armored vehicle were ramming into the crowd. Mm. Um and or while all of this was happening, people showed so much restraint that they didn't even uh, you know, started firing shots at the police they just de-escalated the situation people actually got on top of that police car and then uh talked to the crowd and calmed people down uh, um and people were, were calm and, and in, in the end mm. all the police guys were just removed by literally carrying their cars out of there or just flipping their cars and when they all were removed and when the farmers blocked off all the roads with these very very large tractors and and lorries and stuff and the police were unable to get into the area. Um, everything was calm, and all the, the farmers did was uh, was pray and uh, lay their hands on the court building and pray for for all those involved. So I mean, the evidence is patently obvious there. You can't really you can't really argue with this evidence because it's all on video for everyone to see. Um, I think uh, yeah. what happened with Adrian Basson and them. After they brought out this article that said the farmers, armed farmers, stormed the court and uh -huh. started heavily, heavily armed farmers. Let's Hev just make yeah. sure. <laughs> Any case, so whatever. So what, when they said that the farmers were storming and shooting at people, I actually put out a post saying, "No, you know this is not true. None of the farmers fired any shots. It was the police." And this post got tens of thousands of shares across social media platforms. And a lot of high-profile people, like, for instance, Courtney Mulder from the Freedom Front also talked about it. Then many people complained to Adrian Basson. And then he claimed, oh, no, no, we just got this information from the police commissioner. So it's quite funny because the policeman commissioner, when he was talking on SABC, you can see he had zero clue what was going on. Mm. He had no idea what was going on. Um, that's the one thing. And the other thing is, I don't think he even said on the SABC interview that there were shots fired by the farmers. So this might have been the interpretation of the News 24 journalist. Mm. And now, now I'm seeing that the narrative has changed by the police commissioner from the farmers fired the shot to uh, there were two shots fired from yeah. within so they they made it see they made it they make it ambiguous now so that you can interpret it like the farmers fired it but they're not saying that the farmers firing it and that's now the line that's being used all over the international media
Ugh, please. Uh, let me just repeat what I said earlier. I apologize. I didn't set up my live stream today with you to, to play videos. But to those who want to see the videos to which Willem is referring, uh, I'm going to put the link to his Facebook page under this video after this conversation and uh, everything that he is speaking about, um, chaps, uh, is there. But in the meantime, we will we will let Willem talk us through various you know moments that happened yesterday. Um, Willem, are you still in Senegal? Oh no, I'm back on the farm now. Okay. Which is in the Kalinan district, which is okay. quite far from Senegal. What What do you think is going to happen now? Well, um, I don't know because the the court case has been uh, suspended and it's going to take place now apparently on the 16th of October. But I think there are going to be more people going down to Senegal on the 16th than there were yesterday. Sorry, and um, Julius Malema said now just on a tweet that he's going to send his fighters in as well. And he said their fighters attack and all of the things that he said before the clicks things happened. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I'm pretty sure if these farmers go to protest again, the EFF will be nowhere to be seen. Mm. Because this is not the first time that the EFF said, no, they're going to meet uh, the whites toe-to-toe and stuff like that. And then they just never pitch up. People people actually wish they would pitch up, but they don't. I, I said something yesterday. Um... Not, not to you, but I'll I'll say it now that farmers don't randomly attack people and throw over vehicles. This, yeah, that, this is the first time it has ever happened, mm. ever at any any farmers farmers protest. And there has to be a context. They don't. They didn't just go. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna go throw over that vehicle, you know, and. The fact that they threw mm. over a vehicle does suggest that the chronology of events that you've outlined match up to at least a very large degree. Well, if you look at the videos as well, you can you can see the chronology of events because, uh, for instance, the first one where the where the Nyala went into the crowd, you can see the palisade is not broken yet. Mm. Then there are a lot of videos of guys climbing on top of the police vehicle. You, you can see it's not burning yet. And so on. So, so all these events you can you can easily see from from little pieces of evidence like this. And then when the car was was burning at the end, um, it was uh, you know it was long after everyone had already left. Mm. So when when we were sitting in the wimpy, drinking coffee, that's when we saw that there were fl- there were smoke coming up at the courtyard. But the courtyard was about two kilometers from the wimpy. So we just saw the smoke going up and we had no idea what was going on. So then I went back to see what's going on. And when I got there, I saw that the car was burning, mm. but they were the only people that were around were like people who were curious who went back. So the, the, the car was, the car's combustion, however that it took place and whomever uh, was involved in it, happened when all the farmers were already way away far away from the courthouse mm. someone so in the that's the thing so like for example steve in the comments is asking who set the vehicle alight do you know no nobody knows absolutely nobody have any idea who set the vehicle alight 
I've, I've spoken to many, many, many people who might have potentially been there, but all of them say, you know, I've, they haven't seen anyone setting the vehicle alight. And I'm, and it's not like they're just protecting someone because I, I mean, the farmers would not, would not want to be associated with someone who sets mm. fire to, to property because that's, that's not uh, what we do. That's, that's like EFF kind yeah. of uh, behavior. So, um, it's not like they're protecting someone. It's just because genuinely no one knows who set the vehicle alight. Willem, there was no media there other than SABC. Am I correct? Yes, yes. None that I saw. There were quite. There were a few people from like these small radio stations, local radio stations like Radio Rusestad that I gave an interview to, and some others. But uh, none of the big media. No, no News Twenty Four, no ENCA, no EWN. None of these guys were ever there. Sure. That's I think very it, I think the reason for this is because they thought it was just going to be another boring farmer this protest and the 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 less media attention they give to it the better for their agenda. So they didn't even even bother sending any journalists. And then when stuff took a turn, uh, they literally took videos that were taken by random people on their cell phones that were there. They they slap a News24 and Edvard Fidin Twinach logo onto them mm. and they make up a complete bullshit story pretending like this is what happened. Yeah, uh, again, Stephen, the comment makes an interesting uh, point. He says that uh, a loose battery shorting out with fuel vapor could have also been the cause of the fire. Not that this is a serious talking point, but it is an interesting uh, angle. Mm. Yeah. Willem, um, well, the, the car was turned on its side and nobody nobody bothered mm -hmm. to pick it up again. So it might have been that the fuel uh, were, you know, dropping out of the engine. You were you were mentioning um, the various organizations uh, at the beginning of our conversation, like Sci and Afri Forum, etc. Uh, what role did they play in all of this? Well, they were just there to... Um, to let's say take leadership and uh, talk to people and give people maybe hope talk to people what what will what uh, are we going to stop this in the future that those were the kind of talking points that we saw from them um, and then obviously the political bodies were there the the Freedom Front Plus and the DA of which before they started picking both both parties were not really popular with the crowd because everyone in the crowd thought this is not the place for politics at all. You should never involve politics with farm murders and stuff like this. So um, both of them were quite un unpopular before they took the stage. But when the DA, the DA representative came up there and he got the name wrong of the, the victim in the first place, it was literally in the, like the second sentence that he said. He said, we are here to support Quentin's family. And the guy's name was Brendan. <laughs> so, um, yo. Yeah, so he got that wrong, and uh, that's when people absolutely started losing it. And when he when he started saying, you know, God doesn't make mistakes, and we need to look at it from the other people's perspective that want that also have a hunger for for land stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. That's where people just said, okay, no, this guy needs to be removed, and they started shouting and booing. And the next thing we saw, the the guy was was removed from the stage by some farmers who just took him by the arm and told him listen Good. you need to leave. Good. Mm. Yeah, it's disrespectful. Um I just want to point out that you have a rooster uh 
who has woken up very late, clearly, because he's uh, he's now making his noise in the background. <laughs> his alarm clock didn't go off earlier. <laughs> no, this particular rooster is shouting throughout the day, all day. <laughs> yeah, he's doing a terrible job at being a rooster. He should be up at four. <laughs> Yeah, well, he starts at 3 a.m., so, yeah. <laughs> uh, Willem, so what's next? I mean, there's in, inevitably there's going to be another farm attack soon. Yeah, definitely. And it's so what I'm be... saying is, what I'm saying is that we need to organize the guys who live not only in rural areas, guys who also live in the city need to wake up and they need to start taking collective action. They need to start joining the local farm watch. They need to watch. They need to start, you know, giving a few hours of their own time to go on patrols and to protect the, the community. Um, for instance, if, if Brendan Orners, in, in his case, if there was a patrol going around that uh, was patrolling the area, they would have they would have seen that they are random guys who shouldn't be there on the farm. So they would have been able to dispatch a bunch of guys to go uh, and, let's say, just uh, remove these threats um, from from the scene. But uh, they they were able to ambush him and, you know, basically mm -hmm. torture him to death. Like, for instance, in my area, our neighboring farmer was attacked three weeks ago. And he just pushed the panic button on his, on his radio because all of us had a radio system. He just push the panic buttons on his radio and within less than two minutes there were 12 12 buckies on his on his farm that that uh drove they as fast as they could and um what I, basically the attack was stopped and the attackers fled the scene when the when the when the buckies started pitching up at the house mm. and that's what we need in every single community now our our community is quite close to Pretoria, so the farms here are much smaller than they are obviously in the middle of the East Free State. Mm. Um, so the farmers and the houses are, are much nearer to each other, um, but uh, so, but but still we have this network, and I'm sure the guys who have bigger farms can also have the network. It might just take you know five minutes to get to your neighbor's house, and not two minutes. <laughs> Because the thing is, if, if you're sleeping in bed and you've got the radio next to bed, which is supposed to be silent mm. all night, except if there's massive trouble on the way and you just hear the mayday going off on the radio and you see it's whatever, number 12 that you need to go to, you are awake. And even if you're in your pajamas, maybe you just put on like a rugby shorts or something and you grab mm. your guns and you, and you drive. And that's what you do. Uh, that's just what you have to do if you're a farmer. And that's what we need to we need to establish this in every single community and we're not going to have any successful farm attacks. Um, because as I said, farm attacks have gone down. We know that the media always throw that into our faces. But if you look at farm attacks, the farm attacks have risen sharply at uh, the amount. So all this means is that farm attacks on, are not successful so so often anymore. This means mm -hmm. that farmers are pushing back and that the, the farm attackers are usually stopped before they can murder and torture and rape and whatever the people so this is this is a very good thing um and we need to we need to establish it in such a way that you know there can be two thousand there can be ten thousand farm attacks in a year but every single one of them is stopped because the community is ready for them that's what we need to establish is proactivity kind of community collective collective action yeah you're talking about proactivity not reactivity mm. 
Exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. I see Steve Hoffman has joined us in the comments. Uh, good morning, Steve. Uh, this is obviously a talking point very close to his heart. Um, yeah. Willem, do you think the police are on the side of the farmers in general? Well, as I said, from the top down, definitely no. Uh, Becky Taylor made that very, very clear to us when he said that, you know, farmers shouldn't be, or farmers shouldn't be surprised when they get hurt. You see that from the police commissioners. You can see it from the top. There's absolutely a disdain for any farmers who, who, who voice their problems. But I think on the ground, there are guys who, um, who, who really, really want to help with farmers with farmers and farm attacks like for instance i was talking to a captain forsler um who really uh, poured his heart out and he said you know we, we we really try and we want to and all of that but then he actually told me you know uh, they're making it almost impossible from the top down for the police to help farmers because they they see it as a as a racial thing and they see it as a fact that uh they are what do you call it like um they are they are giving farmers more attention than black people and thus it's wrong and it doesn't it doesn't fit the narrative of the ANC and also uh, farm murders is a very is a very bad optic for the ANC because it's basically people being still after 30 years after apartheid ended still torturing people in the exact same way that they were taught to do it um by the communist regi regimes of China and Russia with, during their people's war. So uh, the thing is, people can say, you know, it was justified that Nelson Mandela and these people started MK and started planting bombs and torturing people and attacking churches and so on and so forth. But now, 30 years after the apartheid has, has ended, how do you justify the exact same actions and the exact same mode of torture still mm -hmm. taking place? And this is why for the ANC, farm murders is a very, very, very bad optic. Do you think that farm attacks are um, centrally orchestrated or do you think that they are random and they are fueled by a culture of, of hatred? It's impossible to say, but it, I would say there's definitely a combination of both. Mm. There's definitely... Uh, centrally organized farm attacks if you look at the the way some of them play out and how well they mm. are planned and so on and then there's also definitely just random acts of hatred there's also definitely guys that just pitch up on a farm to maybe steal someone or something and then they they find like a woman they was not able to defend herself and then they know you know this mm. woman cannot call for help because we tied it we tied her up and she's like an elderly lady of 80 years old and then they say, okay, well, now we've got a chance to have our way with her. And that then you get yeah. situations like that lady that mm. was drilled through her hands and her feet with a power drill and who were, were literally grinded with an angle grinder all over her face and stuff, which was a terrible farm attack. Um, and these guys knew, you know, we've got five hours, we've got six hours, we can do what we, what we want to do. We can do what we want to do. And they, they had their way with her and they, tortured her for hours on end this lady actually actually survived the attack to tell the story so um yeah so there's definitely a culture and then when people get the opportunity they they do it because they know that uh, no help's gonna come and um, then there's definitely definitely some of these attacks that are centrally planned and 
that are planned, you know, weeks ahead and where people uh, uh, carry out a plan that was formulated long before the yeah. actual attack. And just before people start thinking that this is only about white people, a lot of farm attacks happen to farm workers who happen to be black. Yeah, a, a lot of people, when they want to be politically correct, they exaggerate that number. Um, if you if you look at it proportionally, um, there are about 800,000 black farm workers and there are about 30,000 white farmers. Yet in farm attacks, about two thirds of all attacks are happening to white farmers. So proportionally, it doesn't make sense because if you if you look at the proportionality of it, mm. if, if it was equal, then the black farm workers would have been attacked at a rate of 30 times as much as the, as the white farmers, but they are not. They are at, at half, half as a, how many white farmers are being attacked. So you, you can't deny that racial element by saying, mm. you know, all people are getting attacked because, yes, there are people who are getting attacked who happen to be black, but proportionality speaking, it just doesn't make sense at all to say, um, to say that... Uh, these two are equal so you're saying the numbers don't really match up yeah as i said the numbers don't really match up mm. if you if you've got like for instance one year 42 white farmers being murdered out of thirty thousand farmers and then you have like 18 black farm workers out of eight hundred thousand. i mean the one is a criminal or a, a murder rate of over 150 yeah. per hundred thousand and the other is a is a is a murder rate that is almost as low as some European countries. So yeah, that's the that's the the reality. Have you been a victim of a farm attack? No, I haven't. But my family has been. Um, as I've told the story many times, mm -hmm. my uh, grandfather's brother, uh, David de Villiers, was actually attacked on his farm in the Eastern Cape in Barclay East, and this was a terrible farm attack because him and his wife and his son were all three tortured him and his wife both died sure. this was when i was uh, 16, 16 or 17 years old by the way and um and the guy actually hacked them with uh, you know a banger and then when they were bleeding out on the floor he took their blood and wrote you know messages on their walls like you know 666 and white devil and stuff like that so it was a particularly bad bad farm attack i mean all of our family is still scarred by it, even though it happened almost a decade ago. Um, but yeah, I, I have never been personally attacked, luckily, but I have been in many farm attacks where I was one of the guys that were uh, rushing to the scene to help the farmer that was attacked. So that's sure. that's something that I can say I've in within like community and stuff. I have I have been to scenes of farm attacks where where I was able to help. Um, and yet, times. and yet, people like you and um, those around you continue to farm, Willem. Of course, yes. It's it's great. It's great to live on the farm. It's great to have this view. It's great to have this open space. It's great to. Um, it's in your not blood. Living in the city, yeah. So, um, for instance, myself, I was living quite a lot closer to the city before this year before I moved to the farm and I had and I had like the best internet you can get and it was great and now I'm sitting here with a satellite dish on my roof to to have some internet and I've got five megabits per second internet so that's why my video quality is so terrible by the way but um 
yeah, it's 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 okay. I can still get the message out. People don't need mm. to see me so clearly. They can still hear what I'm saying. Um, so the benefits do outweigh most most of the um, uh, the cons. But happily, yeah, happily we can uh, we can. Uh, <sighs> We, we know there's light at the end of the tunnel because we can stop these attacks. Yo, it's just such a horrible conversation to have, Willem. It's just never-ending, and it's so it's so brutal. Yeah, well, I think uh, we've we've said what we needed to say mm. about the Sienegal protest, and yeah. uh, hopefully a lot of people actually see this and uh, see what the truth is that happened. Yeah, listen, Willem, I want to say thank you very much uh, to the hard work that you're doing. I, I also want to point out something. Um, and I've said this a couple of times before, but radicalism does not get defeated by moderates. That's true, yes. Radicalism gets defeated by radicalism. Unfortunately. That's very true, yes. That is that is a reality that we need to start accepting. The more we sit and intellectualize and and uh, and talk and talk and talk while we are uh, being taken down in the middle, for example, the radicals will mm. win. Saul Alinsky spoke of about course. this in the 1970s, and I think people need to become a lot more vigilant and a lot more radical if they want to uh, defeat this kind of problem. Yes, we can go into detail with this, um, but an ethnocentric minority will always dominate a liberal or individualist majority. That's just the case everywhere and in all of history. Um, there's also have been there's also been computer models and studies being done on this. One of them being um, from the I think it was the University of British Columbia. Uh, the study was called. Um, the evolutionary dominance of ethnocentric cooperation in which they uh, they divided all people into four kinds. You get your um, ethnocentrists, the ones who are basically nationalists, mm -hmm. ethno-nationalists. Then you get your uh, individualists or your the ones that, you know, don't really want to put any nation above another. Then you get your traitors. The traitors are the ones that want to put um, put the other nation above theirs and then you get your uh, humanitarians who wants to just treat everyone equal um, now most people today want to say that the humanitarian front is the best your radical lefties would fall into the trade traitor category mm. and then your your classical liberals or libertarians which is actually a small minority worldwide would be the individualists um, if it when after the study has been done they they divided the people into into groups looking at which group will do the best now the ethnocentric group um uh in 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 competition for resources skyrocketed above the others because they would only support their own businesses they would only hire their own people they would always you know make sure that someone who's of their own kind who's of mm. their own ethnos will uh, who has got a business will do better than um than someone who's not so if you look at for example how the indians and the jews do business in south africa it's exactly what they do they are very ethnocentric in that regard and this is why they are doing very yeah. well 
with 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 their businesses. I mean, look at look at these Indians. You see an Indian shop just pop up, um, and suddenly it becomes this very mm. very successful business. Whereas it's much more difficult from someone who's got this individualist mindset to build such a business because uh, it's not helping. And then yeah. it's not just business; there's a lot more resources to compete for. But in any case, it, it uh, the 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 traders always end up at the bottom, and then the individualists, and then the humanitarians, and then way above them, the ethnocentrists are. So if you want to if you want to win against a bunch of ethnocentrists, you need to become more ethnocentrist yourself. And we are actually competing against a bunch of ethnocentrists within the ANC. I mean, the only reason why Becky Taylor said things like, you know, uh, fuck the farmers, basically, in so many words, is because it's a racial thing to him and he's ethnocentric. He, he doesn't want to help the other, the, the out group. He just wants to help the in group, which in his case, would be his people and um this is why as you said they are winning because they are ethnocentric and we are not yeah i have read um very shallow i must be honest not enough um on what you are speaking about and i can confirm that what you are speaking about does seem to have supporting data i just haven't spent enough time on it but i think i'm going to start reading a bit more about what you're talking about over the next few months. Uh, there's definitely um, a politically incorrect uh, space in there. And of course, nobody will want to talk about it. But I think I think it's a conversation that probably needs to be had. But uh, Willem, you, you look very tired, my friend. I think you need to go have a nap. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And please go have a cup of coffee, but don't drink instant nonsense. Come on, I'm gonna, I'm going to. I'll have you back on my show to talk about more stuff. But you got to promise me you're gonna have good, decent coffee. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, you can't be a hypocrite. So, for example, if you if you're on a farm, you can't feed your workers instant coffee, and then right, so it gets expensive. <laughs> no, you, you you when no no, it's not about that. It's just about being, uh, you know not a hypocrite so you mm. when you when you feed them re coffee then you drink re coffee with them. <laughs> you shouldn't have a problem with drinking with them because if you want to drink uh drink proper coffee then the only the only decent thing that you can do is feed all of them proper coffee as well right <laughs> and yeah that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't go off very well all right listen i appreciate your hard work thank you for 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 doing what you're doing i think everybody in the comments um uh, also appreciates uh, your hard work um, everybody, please go and uh, obviously subscribe to his channel. Go go to his Facebook page. I'm going to put the link below. Uh, go check out the videos that he uh, was was speaking about. Willem, have a great day. Thank you very much, Jim. You too. My name is Jim. This was Jim Warfare, the Battle of Ideas.